Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. It makes the Starseed Kitchen podcast possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more, just like I do with the Starseed Kitchen podcast. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And be sure to like this episode of the Starseed Kitchen Podcast and subscribe. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have Abby O'Neill with me. Abby is a medical intuitive and an energy healer, and she has been on the Starseed Kitchen podcast before, but today we're specifically talking about high vibration places and one particular place that we both love, and that's Ireland. And Abby has navigated um, many spiritual retreats in Ireland. She's been traveling there, I think, since the 90s. And we're going to get a little bit more into why you've been going there so frequently um, and what keeps bringing you back there, especially with other people to get to experience the magic. So hi, Abby. How are you? Hi, Whitney. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Yeah. For, um, for any of our listeners that haven't listened to our previous podcast together, can you just share a little bit about your background? Yes, my background is that I began working as a medical intuitive about 12 years ago, and I also combine this with energy healing. For me, it's a way of looking at a person's chakras and determining how the chakras are blocked with perhaps old emotional events, old traumas, maybe even past lives. The reason I go to these blocks is because I find as we release them with energy work, A lot of times our body gets better. Illnesses go away, aches and pains go away. And as an energy healer, I also realize that deep set patterns go away, such as problems with relationships, problems with money, anything where 
we're sort of tuned into a dysfunctional pattern. It's amazing as we clear our chakras, how our life gets cleared and we can start to create it in a whole different way. That sounds so nice. It makes me want to book a session with you right now. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so lovely. Please let's just get rid of all the blocks. (laughs) What I love about anytime I get to talk with you is um, that there's also places on the planet that support clearing the blocks in our physical body, our emotional body, our past lives, etc. That's very true. That's very true. If you want to think of our physical body, we also have an energy body. So this energy body carries our chakras. And as we clear it, as the energy flows through our energy body better and better, we get healthier. That's really the whole basis of Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is what, 28,000 years old. It's the basis of yoga, which is 11,000 years old. But as we look at the earth, there's a whole nother uh, wisdom from the earth, which is that the earth itself is like a physical body. And it too has an energy body superimposed upon it. And in the ancient days, a lot of the ancient shamans or wizards or priests or whatever would pay attention to that energy body of the earth. They would keep it um, alive. They would keep it charged. It's almost like a battery. And I'm sure physics is going to catch up with all this in about 50 years. It's going to catch up with how the electrical system works in our body, but it's also going to catch up with how it works in in nature, in, in the earth. And my feeling is that along the ley lines, along these energy pockets on the earth that are stronger than other areas, that's the battery of the earth. And as we go to those areas, we recharge our own battery. Yeah. I always see it like a magnet. Like if you're in the right physical place, your body will just react to it. Yes. And you'll get to recharge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's exciting because... I think everybody knows of going to certain places where they suddenly felt better or they suddenly felt more energy. And, you know, in our modern day world where everything is very homogeneous, we're sort of taught to think, well, that that was no big deal or it was a nice day in nature. But if if we look at it in terms of energy and energy healing, Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. We did get recharged. We did contribute to our health. So what are the places that you have found on this planet that make you feel recharged when you go to them? I think the first time it really happened to me was actually on Kauai. Because in in the ancient Hawaiian religion, they do have kahunas that would sort of mastermind the energy of all the islands. And I think they knew enough about energy to not only, you know, heal the land, keep the land, you know, resourceful, fruitful with their crops, heal the people on the land, but they had these things called heyals, which are sacred spots where they would literally go and and connect with that charge with Mother Earth to keep the charge of the whole Hawaiian islands very strong. And I think that's interesting in a way because you see the Hawaiian islands very pure even now. It's like they've been able to hold on to that charge. The heyao I first went to was up on a cliff um, near the Nepali Trail going off on the coast where there's really no roads or people. And it was such a powerful place. I, I couldn't believe it. I just can feel it all through my body. And it really changed me. What are some of the other places that you've been to that you also felt 
an up spiral and a shift in your physical being? Definitely. When I first went to Stonehenge, it almost gave me shivers. That was intense. I would say Sedona was a very powerful energy for me. And again, going back to Ireland, um, the stone circles of Ireland are very, very powerful for me. And I brought groups of people there to share in that feeling, um, both to sort of recharge themselves, but also recharge the land. Because if you want to think of these sacred places, um, the ancient people knew how to sort of maintain the charge. Kind of like a battery. They didn't let the battery die out. But we've let the battery die out all over the world so that these sacred spaces that used to be so full of energy and life-giving, helpful support are kind of like dying down. So when I brought groups to these stone circles in Ireland, I found that half the time we were getting charged and half the time I would get the group to actually feel light, feel energy, and then place it right into the ground at the stone circle. And so we were in effect clearing the stone circle and recharging it. I felt the same when I recently traveled there. Some Mm -hmm. I got energy from, some I just saw what used to happen there and it felt very depleted. Exactly, exactly. Some of them all isolated once you can still feel that shimmer of energy mm-hmm. others that have a ton of people coming it's almost kind of dead i know what you mean what i found interesting too is some um you could really tell immediately that they were used for seasonal events to to celebrate the seasonal shift you could tell yes. it was for winter or spring like it really mm-hmm. had strong energy that that's why it was originally set up was to support the movement into the next season. Exactly. And then you can really tell which ones you go to that are totally made for time travel. Yes. I I felt like that was really strong. Like, yes, yes. What they were set up for. um, I I think if, if you're in tune with your body or have any sort of spiritual practice, you can kind of pick up quickly um, the purpose of the stone circle. I think some will always maybe, unfortunately, remain a mystery, but that really surprised me how you could really feel how seasonal some of those were. Yeah, that's true. That's true because that's how they use them. Each one had an energy and each energy was used slightly differently. I completely agree with you. Well, what called you to first start traveling to Ireland? I just had a good friend who was from Ireland. So I first went to visit her in 1990 um, and, you know, meeting her friends and enjoying her, you know, her world. I wasn't even into energy healing at that time, but um, I went back, um, I think, and I just kept going back in the nineties because I I was just so entranced by Ireland. First of all, I had friends there. Then as a filmmaker, I was trying to make a film there. And I just found myself going back almost every year and just feeling so much at home, but also very intrigued by the energy of Ireland. Because it, it seems to be somewhat unspoiled, even now. There's just pockets of Ireland that really are pretty much the same as they have been for 50 or 100 years. And you can really kind of feel that magic. So when did you start going back with a different viewpoint from, um, from your previous one where you knew that there were um, energetic elements that you could absorb from your trips there? Well, the first time I really connected with energy in a place, like I said, it was in Kauai at that Heiau, and that was in 2005. 
So I, you know, I was pretty late coming to all of this. I was a filmmaker, <laughs> but in 2009, I just jumped into this I, or else I was pushed into it by spirit. I don't know which, but at that point I began to just getting pulled to different places in the world that had strong energy. Really one of the first places was in Southern California. It was Idlewild where we have uh, the mountain San Jacinto and the, the big stone pillar, which is known as Lily Rock or Talkwitz Rock. That emanates a huge amount of energy. So it was almost like early in my energy healing, I was learning about energy. I even lived up there for one year. Oh, really? Yeah. But then I realized that I really wanted to start taking groups to some of these power centers. So my first trip was in 2012, where I did go to Hawaii. But then I decided to go to Ireland in 2014. And that was actually two very large groups because everybody was so interested in it. And I have to say, it was just such an exciting trip, those first two trips. People had such huge breakthroughs. When you get like 20 people at a stone circle, all meditating together, some of them just really psychic, powerful healers themselves, pouring energy into the land, pouring energy into each other. It's almost like miracles happen. So what's one of the places that you went to with your groups that you found extremely powerful? I'd say one of the most powerful places was called Yurok. Um, and it's in the, I don't really pronounce this too correctly, the Glennon Chakwin National Park in County Kerry. Yeah, you, on the West Coast. On the West Coast. That had a very big, what they call a portal stone, probably 18 to 20 feet high. And the other stones were circled around it. Um, there was just, a, it was a very isolated spot when I went in 2014 we spent the whole day there. No one came. When I took another group there in 2019, their groups came up in tour buses like every half hour. No way. Yeah. And it wasn't just due to me. It was, I think it's due to just the general trend on the planet where everybody's suddenly turning to energy healing. Everybody's turning to the mysteries to try to understand how to navigate some of our present problems. Well, I've been there twice. Um, and both times I went, I got very lucky. I had it all to myself. Oh, good, good. But the second time I went, a bunch of bulls were walking up to it. Wow. So there was a bunch of sheep and, um, there was a bunch of sheep, cows and a bull. So Uh I felt like I couldn't spend much time there (laughs) because they were really, really close. And I didn't want to piss off the bull. Yeah, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Where am I going to run? I'm like literally in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yes, yes. me and I scream, there's no one to come and help me. Um, (laughs) So that was a little weird. Being there and being the only person there, I had a friend with me. And as we're walking up to the stone circle, a bull is coming towards us. Almost like... uh, this you is my can't. place right now. Yeah, yeah. You're you're allowed to take a look, but you need to leave. You can't say anything. <laughs> That's amazing. That is interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, but so when people go to stone circles, and there's stone circles obviously all over the planet, what are we supposed to do when we're there? I would recommend, first of all, whatever your meditation or prayer practice is simply get into a quiet place 
breathe to just relax and to get into it. And depending on your tradition, your way of entering your own spiritual mode, pray or meditate or try to connect with what we would call the divine essence, the divine energy within you. Um, The way I do that is I have my students imagine light coming through the top of their head, filling their body, just so they can imagine that that chi or that life force energy coming into them and filling them. And also sort of getting them aware of what the energy feels like, sort of like a yoga class where you pay attention to your breathing. Once you do that, then your, your senses are heightened. And you're in a sort of a sacred energy. And then you can just start being aware of how you feel in that space, how you feel in um, that energy. If anything's coming to you, if you feel visions or ideas or thoughts. At first with energy, people are a little stumbling around. They don't really know if they're getting anything or they're just you know, itching or something like that. But with a little bit of practice and patience, you can just sort of tune into the energy of the circle. Yeah, I think people need to, and I know I need to learn to really trust what you see when you're there. Um, exactly. With your eyes, but what you also see um, in your mind's eye. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's just learning to trust that. Because when I go to these places, I, I suddenly see a movie play out. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust the movie that you're seeing and know that you're getting an opportunity to kind of see a window into, into its past. Exactly. You, that's the main quality you have to have with energy work is you have to trust it. And if any negative voices come into your head, the easiest way to discern that is simply, are they negative? (laughs) Are they positive? If they're negative, probably they're coming from your left brain. There's some kind of judgment or something. And those are the kinds of things to just try to let go of and try to just stay with the moment, stay with whatever comes up. I had one lady in my group who had never pretty much had a psychic moment in her life, but she put her forehead on that big portal stone at Yurok and she suddenly started seeing her past lives. Mm. And we had a lot of breakthroughs like that. And it helps with, with other people around. If everybody's sort of focusing on the energy, then everybody gets kind of taken along the ride, if you know what I mean. So I've been told by a friend in Ireland that when you walk up to the stone circles, you're supposed to walk around three times and then you need to ask for permission to then enter. Um, so when you look at the stone circle, you know, there you can, there's usually, usually these, the stones go, um, go down or up in size and right. you're opening into the circle. And so that's what I've always done when I've gone to them is walk around three times and kind of hold an intention. And then I walk to the entrance and I ask if, if I can have permission to enter and then I enter the center of the circle. Have you heard that before? Yes. um, I haven't heard the part about walking around. That's probably a really good idea, but I, we always did ask permission before we actually went into the stone circle because it seemed like the interior was like a sacred space, even whether the stone circle is, is small, like, you know, three people could stand in it or, big I've seen half a football field but yeah absolutely and those two tallest stones usually are called the portal stones or the entry stones yes and I found I went to a lot of stone circle this stone circles this last time I was in Ireland and it was fascinating to see 
that it's usually the portal stones that have been stolen or moved. Wow. Yeah. Cause they're the power centers. Yes. Yeah. And then another thing I learned was every stone circle had a quartz crystal. Yes. Yes, exactly. Stone. And in most cases, I would say 99% of those of the stone circle cases in Ireland, it's gone now. You can't find it. Yeah. I think I, I recommended that you go to Bohana, which is up near Russ Carberry up in that cow field. Yes. Yeah, that's one where nobody can find. Yes, and I found it. Yeah, oh good, I'm so glad. Okay, so you gave me the best advice. You originally told me Dromberg Stone Circle. Right. And so when I looked up Dromberg in a, an Ireland guidebook a few weeks before my trip, immediately my body started shaking. And I verbally started like almost screaming, no, no, no. I couldn't control my body. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't control my mouth saying these things. So I just thought to myself, and I told you, I was like, I can't go to Dromberg Stone Circle. I don't know what happened to me there, but I can't go. Yeah. And you said, well, just go buy it and see how you feel just driving by. Yeah. I, I thought that was such good advice. And I thought, you know what? Why not? let me go by it's daylight. Like what, what can right. I uh-huh. in front uh-huh. of me? Yeah. Let's just feel it out. Right. So that's such an easy stone circle to get to. They have that nice parking lot. Exactly. It's all well-marked, all well-marked, beautiful. When you walk up, there's an yes. ocean view gorgeous, from the it? stone circle. Yes. And yes. It's gorgeous. Yes. And I loved it. And I felt so good there. It made me so happy. Oh, that's great. I felt like I'd been there over and over and over again. Um, I found it fascinating that they found almost like a little village that was next to the stone circle where they would cook their food and camp out for days. Yes. While they were performing their ceremonies. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It was beautiful. So what I realized you gave me that recommendation. You gave me the recommendation of the cow pasture that's hard to find. Yes. And then I noticed that there was one more. And when I checked it out on the map, it made a perfect triangle. These three. Wow, that's neat. Yeah. So I thought, have to go to all three in one day. Yes. Oh, cool. Don't know how they're connected. So next I went to... um, I think the, the other stone circle that you had mentioned in the cow pastures, uh-huh. it was pretty easy to get to, you know, it was just yeah, you just had to walk up a hill through a farmer's field. Yes. Yes. So went there. That was pretty easy. It was very overgrown with very plants. overgrown. Yeah. But, but that was- had all the original white quartz stones. And they say that circle in particular, almost all of the stones are that white quartz. Yeah. That one I'd really like to go back to because I don't feel like I got to fully take advantage of the situation and the energy there. Mm-hmm, but again, mm-hmm. it was very peaceful, had it all to ourselves once we figured out how to find it. Cause there's a few right. Different hills you could very walk difficult, up. yeah. <laughs> then after that, I went to lunch to the best restaurant I ate in ate, ate at in all of Ireland. You gotta tell me what that is. It's called Pilgrims. Okay, where was it? It's in between those two. It's in between Dromberg and that Stone Circle. Oh my God! Okay, I'll have to in go there. Place, it's it's well, and the best part is. Here I am, literally a pilgrim. A pilgrim, yes. Uh Like literally bloodline pilgrim from America doing a pilgrimage in Ireland. Yes. Circles. 
Oh, how neat. It's a farm to table restaurant. Wow. The food is outstanding. Oh my God. You have to make a reservation because Uh actually such a popular farm to table restaurant, you know, we just got really lucky and we're able to sneak in. Um, That's wonderful. But then after we did that one, that's when we searched out the third stone circle to complete the triangle pyramid. That one is truly in the middle of cow pastures. It's in the middle of six plots of land. Wow. And you know, every stone circle in Ireland is supposed to be, if it has a stone circle, you have to allow access to the public. To yeah, you have to by circle. law, by law in Ireland. By law. Uh-huh. This stone circle and every plot of land around it, it's an, it's a, there's a plot of land, like a rectangle, mm-hmm. and there's plots all the way around it. Every single plot was lined with an electric fence with no, oh way, with no way to get in. Whoa. So I got electrified a lot. I mean, <laughs> a lot. Oh my God. But we figured out ways to get over them or climb under them. But we got electrocuted a lot because you look on the map on like Google maps and yeah. you see the stone circle, Yeah, but you can't figure out how to access it. So you have to walk through all these people's farms, yeah, all yeah. these cows uh-huh. to try to figure out which one is going to have some sort of rock or mound that's going to allow you to jump over the fence. Right, right. Oh my God. It was insane. It took us hours and wow. hours going to every single farm around the stones. Oh my God. Finally jump over. We got there right after the sunset. So wow. it, was, it was twilight, but we found the third one. Wow. It was exhausting, but completely worth it. So I, I will wait to go there. Oh my God. I will share it with you. <laughs> I will share it with you more the next time you go, because now I know how to get there. Now I know the exact farms you have to walk through. You Uh have to walk by people's barns. You pass, Uh you pass the cows, you pass the bulls, you pass the horses. Um, (laughs) You know, you really hope you're not running into the homeowners, Um, but you get there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a wonderful monument called the Ogham Stone which is on the Bira Peninsula. And it's a very male spire that's been there for 4,000 years. And it too is in a farmer's back pasture. And every time I've gone there, we've had, we, they're, they're nice. They, they don't really want you to go back there, but at least they wave and, you know, but it's such a powerful place. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on StarseedKitchen.com. Use code STARSEED. 
for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. You were asking a little bit about what other places in Ireland, other than the stone circles, were powerful. And I would really recommend the Ogham Stone and the Hag of Bira. The Hag of Bira is a stone way out on the Bira Peninsula near the town of Eries, which represents a goddess, an ancient Irish goddess. And it's just kind of a hunk of stone. But the most interesting thing is that people, the local people, still leave offerings You'll go there and it's covered with Euro notes. It's covered with flowers or food offerings because that was the goddess of that place. And she's still very powerful. Is it, is it a stone? Yes. It's called the Hag of Bira. Okay. B-E-A-R-A. So if you, you can Google it, you can, it's easily found. It's really just a big rock that is on a peninsula overlooking the ocean. But the, the energy there is magical and very, very powerful. It's actually close to the Ogham stone, which is a spire. Yeah. And I would actually say the Hag of Bira is the feminine energy and the Ogham stone is the masculine energy. And they, they're on the same peninsula and it's like they balance each other. That makes sense. And that's what I noticed last time I was there was a lot of these are set up to balance each other. Like exactly three I travel to in a triangle and then. Oh, I always forget the name of the town. It's near, it's the town that I usually like to stay at when I go out to Glendale, not, not Glendalough. That's a different area, but the first stone circle you talked about. Ross Carberry. That's the town that's near Drombag. Um, The town that's near Yurok is called Kenmare. Yeah. Kenmare. It's called Kenmare. So when I was in Kenmare, I went to some of the stone circles that are surrounding that water inlet. Right. And I felt like that's where I realized a lot of the stone circles were really set up there for the season. So it made me think that there had to ultimately be four stone circles there for the four seasons all around that peninsula. That makes sense. Because I just, yeah, I just, it was just so interesting when you're out there to see how many there are. There's so many. There's so many. And also, I wondered at some point, like, because I work with a lot of dying people, <laughs> just part of my job. And our dying experience is not very sacred. And I wondered what it would be like if people either giving birth or dying went to a stone circle and were in that energy supported by their community as the wow. souls came in or left. I think it would, you know, it's, it's a level of wisdom I don't believe we have in our society. Can you imagine giving birth yeah. to a baby? At exactly. a circle outside yeah. in nature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Well, once I realized that the portal stones are really portals to other dimensions, I thought, you know, the ancient priests or the druids, why not? It's it's a place between the worlds where people can access the worlds much more easily. Have you been to the spot in Ireland as you're driving towards the West Coast? That's Scotia's grave. She was the Egyptian princess that had moved to Ireland. I've and heard of it, but I haven't been there. That is incredible energy. Really? Um, you walk. So you notice your, you notice the road to go because you'll see an Egyptian obelisk on the side of the road. Oh, it's not my. that big. Uh-huh. Obelisk was gifted to Ireland from Egypt in honor of the Egyptian princess who was buried there. 
Oh my gosh. And so you turn where you see the obelisk. That's, that's like the only signage wow. and you go up the road. And then yeah. at some point you park and you walk down a hill, a uh-huh. very steep hill, right? There's not really a trail. And then when you get down the hill, it's this beautiful little stream and it's as if fairies have controlled the layout of this area. You know, you have the stream coming through with moss mm-hmm. and ferns, and then you have all these trees growing like this, you know, wow. curved, um, growing over the stream, uh-huh. like out of a fairy tale. Oh my God. And you follow the stream in these perfectly growing trees and ferns and moss, mm-hmm. and then you get to an opening that are four stone sitting stones, four stones that you can sit on and then an offering stone right in the middle. Oh, and that's apparently where she was buried. And she apparently had moved to Ireland um, because her father was one of the pharaohs and he felt like his rule was being um, threatened and he was concerned for the safety of his children. Uh So he sent his children out in different parts of the world. And one of his, one of his daughters went north to Ireland. Um, And when she arrived, you know, she arrived with all this gold, all this money, um, a huge set of staff that she was very much treated like a goddess there. Um, How amazing. What a story. Yeah. That's, it's a really interesting place to look into. And I thought it was a very, magical powerful place that's very magical my god and unexpected yeah I'll definitely go there when I was in Ireland in 1995 I went up to Sligo Mm -hmm. and uh right by the lake that W.B. Yeats talks about Innisfree um there was a fairy uh, well and in those in 1995 it was still marked fairy well (laughs) and it was the traditional well where they felt the fairies were and going into that grove of trees by the little stream in the well was so magical so when I took my group back there um in 2018 I was like we got to go to the fairy well because it had such energy so I, I looked and looked and looked and I, I found the same place, but it had been all paved over. And now it was a Catholic shrine to the Virgin Mary. And I certainly have great respect for the Catholic Church. Don't get me wrong. But the energy of the place went from like a 10 plus to at least neutral or negative. It just shot down. And again, uh, you know, my stepfather was Catholic, so I, I have great love for the Catholic Church. But when you go to a place and you're praying in terms of desperation, you know, begging, like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, help me, help me, help me. It has a certain energy. It tends to be sort of a negative energy. If you go to a stone circle and you're bringing life, you're bringing chi, you're, bring, you're saying, you know, let, let this abundance come, let's flow with energy. It's a whole different energy. And I think Hopefully, as we get into these next few years, people will just get much more aware of the energy that they're flowing through themselves, because it really has an effect. I like that thought, because I've been to sacred places all over the world, and some of them are um, more religious, and there's usually, you know, water involved because someone saw the Virgin Mary. Right. Uh, And then, but, and, and sometimes people leave offerings there, and sometimes they don't. Right. Um, but I did notice at the stone circles that I went to, people leave offerings there, money, 
gifts, yes, candles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then whenever there's that specific fairy tree, they leave something there for the fae. They leave blueberries, candy, little ribbons, candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so if I think about the energy that I want to collect and absorb, I'd rather collect the energy of from a place where people find joy. Exactly. People have come because they're desperate and sad. Yes, yes. Not that we all don't have those moments when we're desperate and sad, but it's really joy and happiness that runs the machine that's our body. And it's really joy and happiness that runs the machine that's our earth, I think. I think so too. And that sounds so nice. I think I need to pull more of that out of the ground for me. Yes, (laughs) definitely. So why do you think these sacred places enhance our life if we choose to look at them that way? Well, going back to the analogy about the battery, I think they used to be used very specifically to recharge people, to connect them with their chi, to balance their chi, you know, whatever, however they would call it. I mean, in ancient Greece, there were sacred groves of trees that were pronounced to be sacred. Nobody could cut down a tree because it was believed that the gods lived there. And if you went there, you could connect more, more clearly with them. I had a friend who went to the Acropolis, like in a summer's day with all these howling tourists. And she said the energy was so strong. She nearly, and it really nearly knocked her over. Wow. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things where we just have to be sensitive to them. But we also have to be very aware, are we being drained of energy or are we being replenished? Are we even being filled and to overflowing? That's how I think we should approach any place that we're in. And the sacred places most especially, I think, are designed to fill our energy to overflowing. So it's interesting you say that because I, I travel a lot and as a family, we travel a lot. So um, I do big vacations with my parents and my brother oh, that's nice. about once a year. Mm-hmm. And it's something we all really enjoy doing together. Uh, but everyone in my family now knows that if we go to some place that has a very famous graveyard, um, mm-hmm. I won't go. Yeah, uh-huh. It's an activity that they'll attend. I can't attend. So right. when, when we went to Cuba... That was the last time I went to a very famous cemetery where people go because the architecture is so incredible. And right, so it's beautiful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. beautiful. But it, it, it sucks me dry. Mm-hmm. And I take people home with me. Yeah. The life out of me. Yeah. I have to go to somebody like you um, <laughs> to shake them all off. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So last time I was in Argentina, um, in Buenos Aires, they have a very, very famous cemetery as well with incredible architecture but also with a lot of incredible famous people who are buried there and my family went and did the private tour and I went to crystal shops good idea (laughs) (laughs) I was like I'm going to go the opposite direction and we will meet for lunch yeah Uh, yeah exactly but just because I had recognized through my whole life of going to cemeteries and graveyards with my family all over the world. It's just not something I can do anymore because I'll literally be in bed for days because it'll have sucked the life out of me. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be very protected if you go to those places, because really, as you get more into the energy world, energy is energy. It's very real. 
And the more we pay attention to it, the more we can keep our own energy up, our own health up, even just our own mental clarity up, Mm -hmm. which I think is very, very important. Our perceptions. And I think one of the most important parts of all these sacred places was people always felt that that's where they could connect to the gods. They could connect to spirit. They could connect to angels. Whatever we feel is our otherworldly um, being that will communicate to us and give us wisdom, which I believe in myself. So it's a vibration. It gets to be a higher vibration where you can almost jump into it and have a stronger communication. I think that's very important for people. Yeah. And I like going to those places just because I think it's easier to have a better to have better communication with yourself to be able to tap in and hear your own voice or your higher self more clearly exactly the noise that we experience you know in our day-to-day life life. it's so true it's so true so do you i you have a trip planned in ireland in june is that correct that's correct it's going to be June or July, we're planning on June. And of course, everything is still dependent somewhat on COVID, but fingers crossed COVID will be fairly much gone by then. So we'll be free to travel in June. And yes, I am going to West Cork, starting the trip in the Cork airport, going first to Kinsale and then to Ross Carberry, where you went to the Drumbeg Circle and then on up to Yurok, which is the other stone circle we talked about so that is definitely where our group will be going perfect so are you planning to go to any sites you haven't gone before are you just going to be revisiting places where you really know the energy well I'll probably be revisiting places but now that you've told me two more places to go I'll probably go there (laughs) that sounds amazing yeah and if you find any new places during your travels that pop up let me know I certainly will. I'm always looking for new places. Um, have you ever been to, is it the Rock of Tara or Tara? The Hill North of Tara. Tara. I yes. have been there. I have. Been. In fact, I took my whole group there in 2015. That was a little different because bear in mind, we've been traveling. It was our last stop. We've been all through Ireland for almost two weeks to all these different stone circles, varying results. Some seemed very powerful. Some we felt we had to replenished with light with energy we got to the hill of tara and most people found it to be kind of dark i think there'd been a lot of battles there a lot of hardship for the irish people so we spent most of our time sending light to that area putting light into the ground trying to revive it and clear it and it was probably the first time i ever realized that a lot of history It sounds silly, but a lot of history goes into the ground. Mm -hmm. And just to the same way that we have to clear our own chakras and do ancestral healing on our own bodies, there's a little bit of ancestral healing to be done in, in countries too and in land. And the more we can just bring light and consciousness, especially to areas that have had a lot of troubles or turmoil, the more we're able to clean that land out. Absolutely. And to think that we grow our food in that land and then eat it you know, and how that's circulating within us. So if we're growing food, like let's say back when I lived in Washington, DC, the best apples I've ever had in my life, ever had in my life. I didn't know apples could be this good. Yeah. Grew around Gettysburg, the farm, the best, the two best apple vendors at the DuPont circle farmers market. Yeah. Both of their farms were near Gettysburg. That's amazing. And so then you think about what emotional turmoil is in that 
soil yeah that then is going into the apple trees that's then producing this fruit that yes. we're then eating like what is that circulating i don't even know but it makes or or the amount of prayers the amount of people going to god the trauma that brought people to god it could be seen from that side too i don't know that's amazing though what a story yeah it's very interesting um you know and people still obviously go to gettysburg to this day um, and pay their respects. Yes, of course. You know, so, um, and when you go to Gettysburg, uh, you're, if you want to go and see different places, they kind of, you're kind of forced to drive in a circle. So you're kind of building the spiral energy. How interesting. Yeah. That's how they have it set up. That's weird. Drive and you can kind of drive in either direction, but it's a circle. And so you're, you're building some sort of energy up while you're <laughs> going around, um, going around Gettysburg. It's very interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, there's other people too that are really working on the Earth's energy. A lot of um, New Age practitioners have been deliberately putting light into the ground or trying to shift the vortexes to become more powerful. One of one person is Drunvalo Melchizedek who's written books about his travels around the earth, trying to restore these energy centers. He wrote a book called Serpent of Life, of Light, I think. Um, then another person is Bratso, the Croatian um, gazer who tries to transmit energy just through his eyes. He has done several trips. He went to Kauai to, to revive all the heiaus, all the sacred spots on Kauai. He's gone to other parts of the world for the same reason, just to put energy into the ground. So I think it's kind of a growing movement. It is. Is that what dowsing is? Dowsing is slightly different. Dowsing is a psychic person who uses a stick or else just their psychic ability to walk over the land and to find out where you can... Um, drill a well for water so oh, how to find water and in of course olden days when water people had to dig wells for water it was a very important you know quality to be able to to know where to dig for water but that was their skill and it was all done psychically now right. of course we take water for granted but i'm sure there's going to come a time when water is going to become again scarce and yeah. we are going to have to pay a lot of attention to the sacredness of water. That's amazing that throughout history where there's been this big, I mean, thousands of years where it's all about religion. And if you show any sort of other type of spiritual skills or interest, um, you could essentially be killed, thrown in jail. Or thrown <laughs> sick. Um, that. But yet it was still allowed for you to have the skill of dousing. Yes. Water. That yes. is fascinating. It is. I mean, I come from Indiana on a farm and dousers have been in farm country. I don't, I think uninterrupted for generations because it's hard to find water. <laughs> Even That's with all the modern technology, it's hard. That's amazing. I know. It's crazy, huh? It, it's, it blows my mind because I have seen interviews with people who are dowsers and, and they're much much older like in the living in in the Cotswolds in England yes um, yes all different parts of Europe and mm -hmm. they're training the next generation yes um, but they're doing it to find the ley lines and restore the energy lines from Europe that lead back to Egypt have you heard about this 
Yeah, that's very, very important. I think Prince Charles in England was one of the first people to start talking about that. And everybody thought he was kind of crazy, but the ley lines are very much those energy lines, the portals, just like the, the meridians in our physical body. So it's very important. A lot of energy healers go to those parts of the ley lines to activate them so that again, the land can become so much more healthier and connect to these big energy sources. Yeah. It makes you rethink why England is known for having such beautiful gardens. Yes. Yes. Maybe that speaks to the other people that have been working so, so frequently on restoring the energy lines in the area. It's very true. It's very true. And think of the kahunas in Hawaii who have stayed on passing down their traditions and kept putting energy into the land. Hopefully they're still doing it, but, but a place, a physical place like Hawaii can be so transformed if people pay attention to the energy and keep, just keep the energy up. Have you, have you found a map that shows the energy lines in the United States? No, I never have. Have you ever done astrocartography? astrocartography sorry no yeah, <laughs> so i'm just I curious. but i do know some people and thank god they're yeah. on the case are really working on that because i think it's so important yeah that's kind of the next next thing i'd like to learn more about is being able to find the energy lines mm-hmm. uh, obviously in california and in the west i'm just very curious um, but it seems like that information is very hard to track down Yeah, that's fascinating. I know uh, I've been to Australia a few times and the Aborigines, of course, had a very clear idea of where the energy lines were all through the outback. And of course, their sacred spot, Uluru, which we call Ayers Rock, is a very, very powerful center. But, But I was able to talk with some Aborigines in Australia and they said the tradition has been handed down through generations to where they even know how to walk along the ley lines through inner Australia. They've really kept that wisdom, that tradition, but they also haven't shared it. Yeah. Because it's, it is sacred knowledge. And when we think of sacred knowledge, it's the idea that we do keep the earth sacred. There's, there are people out there that are really working to keep the land sacred, the water sacred, um, human life sacred, and it, it does need to be preserved. Absolutely. Well, This has been such an amazing conversation. It just kind of flew by. I know Uh, it did. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where can people learn more about you, Abby, and your retreats to Ireland? My website is called Nova Lightwork. That's N-O-V-A-L-I-G-H-T-W-O-R-K.com. So that's NovaLightwork.com. And I usually list all my retreats there. I also do classes on Zoom where I'm teaching people just to feel the energy in their bodies and learn how to maintain the energy in their bodies. And you can find the link there for my Zoom classes. Well, thank you so much. And if you, before we wrap things up, um, can you leave our listeners with maybe one healthy tip they can consider adding into their life to improve their well-being? Sure. I think all of us, you know, we have an instinct to take a walk or go out in nature, walk by the ocean, Uh, you know, walk through a field. And we don't really think much about it, except we want to relax, we want to walk our dog, or something like that. But I think we have to realize that there's something a little bit higher in place there, where we really are connecting with a higher energy that's that's in nature, 
we're connecting with beauty, maybe we're going to a certain space that feels more sacred to us or more beautiful. And we can't forget that it really recharges us. It recharges us in a real way. It's not just, oh, I feel better. I like to walk around the lake. Sort of like all I would say is just take a little bit more seriously and understand it's just a really important part of our health. That's lovely. Well, I hope I can take a walk one of these days in Ireland with you. And Me too. One of those ley lines. It'd Me too. Nice. And hop over those electric fences. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I wish you the best. I will show you, I think, the easiest way, but hopefully nothing will have changed by the time you get there. I look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have Abby O'Neill with me. Abby is a medical intuitive and an energy healer, and she has been on the Starsea Kitchen podcast before. But today we're specifically talking about high vibration places and one particular place that we both love, and that's Ireland. And Abby has navigated um, many spiritual retreats in Ireland. She's been traveling there, I think, since the 90s. And we're going to get a little bit more into why you've been going there so frequently um, and what keeps bringing you back there, especially with other people to get to experience the magic. So... Hi, Abby. How are you? Hi, Whitney. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Yeah, for um, for any of our listeners that haven't listened to our previous podcast together, can you just share a little bit about your background? Yes, my background is that I began working as a medical intuitive about 12 years ago, and I also combined this with energy healing. For me, it's a way of looking at a person's chakras and determining how the chakras are blocked with perhaps old emotional events, old traumas, maybe even past lives. Mm -hmm. The reason I go to these blocks is because I find as we release them with energy work, a lot of times our body gets better. Illnesses go away, aches and pains go away. And as an energy healer, I also realize that deep set patterns go away, such as problems with relationships, problems with money, anything where we're sort of tuned into a dysfunctional pattern. It's amazing as we clear our chakras, how our life gets cleared and we can start to create it in a whole different way. That sounds so nice. It makes me want to book a session with you right now. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so lovely. 
please, let's just get rid of all the blocks. Well, <laughs> what I love about anytime I get to talk with you is um, that there's also places on the planet that support clearing the blocks in our physical body, our emotional body, our past lives, etc. That's very true. That's very true. If you want to think of our physical body, we also have an energy body. So this energy body carries our chakras. And as we clear it, as the energy flows through our energy body better and better, we get healthier. That's really the whole basis of Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is what, 28,000 years old. It's the basis of yoga, which is 11,000 years old. But as we look at the earth, there's a whole nother uh, wisdom from the earth, which is that the earth itself is like a physical body. And it too has an energy body superimposed upon it. And in the ancient days, a lot of the ancient shamans or wizards or priests or whatever would pay attention to that energy body of the earth. They would keep it um, alive. They would keep it charged. It's almost like a battery. And I'm sure physics is going to catch up with all this in about 50 years. It's going to catch up with how the electrical system works in our body. But it's also going to catch up with how it works in, in nature, in, in the earth. And my feeling is that along the ley lines, along these energy pockets on the earth that are stronger than other areas, that's the battery of the earth. And as we go to those areas, we recharge our own battery. Yeah. I always see it like a magnet. Like if you're in the right physical place, your body will just react to it. Yes. And you'll yes. get to recharge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. So it's exciting because... I think everybody knows of going to certain places where they suddenly felt better or they suddenly felt more energy. And, you know, in our modern day world where everything is very homogeneous, we're sort of taught to think, well, that that was no big deal or it was a nice day in nature. But if, if we look at it in terms of energy and energy healing, yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. We did get recharged. We did contribute to our health. So what are the places that you have found on this planet that make you feel recharged when you go to them? I think the first time it really happened to me was actually on Kauai, because in, in the ancient Hawaiian religion, they do have kahunas that would sort of mastermind the energy of all the islands. And I think they knew enough about energy to not only, you know, heal the land, keep the land, you know, resourceful, fruitful with their crops, heal the people on the land, but they had these things called heyals, which are sacred spots where they would literally go and, and connect with that charge with Mother Earth to keep the charge of the whole Hawaiian islands very strong. And I think that's interesting in a way because you see the Hawaiian islands very pure even now. It's like they've been able to hold on to that charge. The heiau I first went to was up on a cliff um, near the Nepali Trail going off on the coast where there's really no roads or people. And it was such a powerful place. I, I couldn't believe it. I just can feel it all through my body. And it really changed me. What are some of the other places that you've been to that you also felt an up spiral and a shift in your physical being. Definitely. When I first went to Stonehenge, it almost gave me shivers. That was intense. I would say Sedona was a very powerful energy for me. 
And again, going back to Ireland, um, the stone circles of Ireland are very, very powerful for me. And I brought groups of people there to share in that feeling, um, both to sort of recharge themselves, but also recharge the land. Because if you want to think of these sacred places, um, the ancient people knew how to sort of maintain the charge kind of like a battery they didn't let the battery die out but we've let the battery die out all over the world so that these sacred spaces that used to be so full of energy and life-giving helpful support are kind of like dying down so when I brought groups to these stone circles in Ireland I found that half the time we were getting charged and half the time I would get the group to actually feel light, feel energy, and then place it right into the ground at the stone circle. And so we were in effect clearing the stone circle and recharging it. I felt the same when I recently traveled there. Some Mm -hmm. I got energy from, some I just saw what used to happen there and it felt very depleted. Exactly, exactly. Some of them all isolated ones you can still feel that shimmer of energy mm-hmm. others that have a ton of people coming it's almost kind of dead I know what you mean what I found interesting too is some um you could really tell immediately that they were used for seasonal events to to celebrate the seasonal shift you could tell yes. it was for winter or spring like it really mm-hmm. had strong energy that that's why it was originally set up was to support the movement into the next season. Exactly. And then you can really tell which ones you go to that are totally made for time travel. Yes. I, I felt like that was really strong. Like, yes, yes. What they were set up for. Um, I, I think if, if you're in tune with your body or have any sort of spiritual practice, you can kind of pick up quickly um, the purpose of the stone circle. I think some will always maybe, unfortunately, remain a mystery, but that really surprised me how you could really feel how seasonal some of those were. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because that's how they use them. Each one had an energy and each energy was used slightly differently. I completely agree with you. Well, what called you to first start traveling to Ireland? I just had a good friend who was from Ireland. So I first went to visit her in 1990. Um, And, you know, meeting her friends and enjoying her, you know, her world. I wasn't even into energy healing at that time, but um, I went back. um, I think, and I just kept going back in the nineties because I I was just so entranced by Ireland. First of all, I had friends there. Then as a filmmaker, I was trying to make a film there. And I just found myself going back almost every year and just feeling so much at home, but also very intrigued by the energy of Ireland. Because it, it seems to be somewhat unspoiled, even now. There's just pockets of Ireland that really are pretty much the same as they have been for 50 or 100 years. And you can really kind of feel that magic. So when did you start going back with a different viewpoint from, um, from your previous one where you knew that there were um, energetic elements that you could absorb from your trips there? Well, the first time I really connected with energy in a place, like I said, it was in Kauai at that Heiau, and that was in 2005. So I, you know, I was pretty late coming to all of this. I was a filmmaker, (laughs) but in 2009, I just jumped into this or else I was pushed into it by spirit. I don't know which, but at that point I began to 
just getting pulled to different places in the world that had strong energy. Really one of the first places was in Southern California. It was Idlewild where we have uh, the mountain San Jacinto and the, the big stone pillar, which is known as Lily Rock or Talkwitz Rock. That emanates a huge amount of energy. So it was almost like early in my energy healing, I was learning about energy. I even lived up there for one year. Oh, really? Yeah. But then I realized that I really wanted to start taking groups to some of these power centers. So my first trip was in 2012, where I did go to Hawaii. But then I decided to go to Ireland in 2014. And that was actually two very large groups because everybody was so interested in it. And I have to say, it was just such an exciting trip, those first two trips. People had such huge breakthroughs. When you get like 20 people at a stone circle, all meditating together, some of them just really psychic, powerful healers themselves, pouring energy into the land, pouring energy into each other. It's almost like miracles happen. So what's one of the places that you went to with your groups that you found extremely powerful? I'd say one of the most powerful places was called Yurok. Um, And it's in the, I don't really pronounce this too correctly, the Glennon Chakwin National Park in County Kerry. Yeah, on the West Coast. On the West Coast. That had a very big, what they call a portal stone, probably 18 to 20 feet high. And the other stones were circled around it. Um, There was just, it was a very isolated spot. When I went in 2014, we spent the whole day there. No one came. When I took another group there in 2019, their groups came up in tour buses like every half hour. No way. Yeah. And it wasn't just due to me. It was, I think it's due to just the general trend on the planet where everybody's suddenly turning to energy healing. Everybody's turning to the mysteries to try to understand how to navigate some of our present problems. Well, I've been there twice. Um, and both times I went, I got very lucky. I had it all to myself. Oh, good, good. But the second time I went, a bunch of bulls were walking up to it. Wow. So there was a bunch of sheep and, um, there was a bunch of sheep, cows and a bull. So Uh I felt like I couldn't spend much time there (laughs) cause they were really, really close. And I didn't want to piss off the bull. Yeah, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Where am I going to run? I'm like literally in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yes, yes. me and I scream, there's no one to come and help me. Um, (laughs) So that was a little weird. Being there and being the only person there, I had a friend with me. And as we're walking up to the stone circle, a bull is coming towards us, almost like... uh, this is my place right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're allowed to take a look, but you need to leave. You can't say anything. (laughs) That is interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, but so when people go to stone circles and there's stone circles, obviously all over the planet, what are we supposed to do when we're there? I would recommend, first of all, whatever your meditation or prayer practice is simply get into a quiet place breathe to just relax and to get into it and depending on your tradition your way of entering your own spiritual mode pray or meditate or 
try to connect with what we would call the divine essence, the divine energy within you. Um, the way I do that is I have my students imagine light coming through the top of their head, filling their body, just so they can imagine that that chi or that life force energy coming into them and filling them. And also sort of getting them aware of what the energy feels like, sort of like a yoga class where you pay attention to your breathing. Once you do that, then your, your senses are heightened and you're in a sort of a sacred energy. And then you can just start being aware of how you feel in that space, how you feel in um, that energy. If anything's coming to you, if you feel visions or ideas or thoughts, at first with energy, people are a little stumbling around. They don't really know if they're getting anything or they're just, you know, itching or something like that. But with a little bit of practice and patience, you can just sort of tune into the energy of the circle. Yeah, I think people need to, and I know I need to learn to really trust what you see when you're there. Um, exactly. With your eyes, but what you also see um, in your mind's eye. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's just learning to trust that. Because when I go to these places, I, I suddenly see a movie play out mm-hmm. um, and you have to trust the movie that you're seeing and know that you're getting an opportunity to kind of see a window into, into its past. Exactly. You, that's the main quality you have to have with energy work is you have to trust it. And if any negative voices come into your head, the easiest way to discern that is simply, are they negative? (laughs) Are they positive? If they're negative, probably they're coming from your left brain. There's some kind of judgment or something. And those are the kinds of things to just try to let go of and try to just stay with the moment, stay with whatever comes up. I had one lady in my group who had never pretty much had a psychic moment in her life, but she put her forehead on that big portal stone at Yurok and she suddenly started seeing her past lives. Mm. And we had a lot of breakthroughs like that. And it helps with, with other people around. If everybody's sort of focusing on the energy, then everybody gets kind of taken along the ride, if you know what I mean. So I've been told by a friend in Ireland that when you walk up to the stone circles, you're supposed to walk around three times And then you need to ask for permission to then enter. Um, So when you look at the stone circle, you know, there you can, there's usually, usually the the stones go, um, go down or up in size and you're opening into the circle. And so that's what I've always done when I've gone to them is walk around three times and kind of hold an intention. And then I walk to the entrance and I ask if, if I can have permission to enter and then I enter the center of the circle. Have you heard that before? Yes. um, I haven't heard the part about walking around. That's probably a really good idea, but I, we always did ask permission before we actually went into the stone circle because it seemed like the interior was like a sacred space, even whether the stone circle is, is small, like, you know, three people could stand in it or, big i've seen half a football field but yeah absolutely and those two tallest stones usually are called the portal stones or the entry stones yes and i found i went to a lot of stone circle this stone circles this last time i was in ireland and it was fascinating to see that it's usually the portal stones that have been stolen or moved Wow. Yeah. Cause they're the power centers. Yes. Yeah. And then another thing I learned was every stone circle had a quartz crystal. Yes. Yes, quartz exactly. Stone. 
and in most cases, I would say 99% of those of the stone circle cases in Ireland, it's gone now. You can't find it. Yeah, I think I, I recommended that you go to Bohana, which is up near Russ Carberry, up in that cow field. Yes. Yeah, that's one where nobody can find. Yes, and I found it. Yeah, oh good, I'm so glad. Okay, so you gave me the best advice. You originally told me Dromberg Stone Circle. Right. And so when I looked up Dromberg in a, an Ireland guidebook a few weeks before my trip, immediately my body started shaking and I verbally started like almost screaming no 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 I couldn't control my body yeah yeah and I couldn't control my mouth saying these things so I just thought to myself and I told you I was like I can't go to Dromberg Stone Circle I don't know what happened to me there but I can't go yeah and you said well just go by it and see how you feel just driving by yeah I thought that was such good advice. And I thought, you know what, why not? Let me go by. It's daylight. Like what, what can right. happen uh-huh. in front uh-huh. of me? Yeah. Let's just feel it out. Right. So that's such an easy stone circle to get to. They have that nice parking lot. Exactly. It's all well-marked. All well-marked. Beautiful when you walk up. There's an yes. ocean view gorgeous, from the stone it? circle. Yes. And yes. Gorgeous. Yes. And I loved it. And I felt so good there. It made me so happy. Oh, that's great. I felt like I'd been there over and over and over again. Um, I found it fascinating that they found almost like a little village that was next to the stone circle where they would cook their food and camp out for days Yes, while they were performing their ceremonies. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It was beautiful. So what I realized you gave me that recommendation. You gave me the recommendation of the cow pasture that's hard to find. Yes. And then I noticed that there was one more. And when I checked it out on the map, it made a perfect triangle. These three. Wow, that's neat. Yeah. So I thought, have to go to all three in one day. Yes. Oh, cool. Don't know how they're connected. So next I went to, um, I think the the other stone circle that you had mentioned in the cow pastures, uh-huh. it was pretty easy to get to. You know, it was just yeah, you just had to walk up a hill through a farmer's field. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So went there. That was pretty easy. It was very overgrown with very plants. overgrown. Yeah. But, but that was- had all the original white quartz stones. And they say that circle in particular, almost all of the stones are that white quartz. Yeah. That one I'd really like to go back to because I don't feel like I got to fully take advantage of the situation and the energy there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, it was very peaceful, had it all to ourselves once we figured out how to find it. Cause there's a few right different hills you could very walk difficult yeah <laughs> then after that I went to lunch to the best restaurant I ate in ate, ate at in all of Ireland you got to tell me what that is it's called pilgrims okay where was it it's in between those two it's in between Dromberg and that stone circle oh my god okay I'll have to in go there place, it's it's well and the best part is here I am, literally a pilgrim. A pilgrim, yes. Uh-huh. Like literally bloodline pilgrim from America doing a pilgrimage in Ireland. Yes. To circles. Oh, how neat. It's a farm to table restaurant. Wow. The food is outstanding. Oh you my God. You have to make a reservation because uh-huh. it's actually such a popular farm to table restaurant. You know, we just got really lucky and we're able to sneak in. 
Um, that's wonderful. But then after we did that one, that's when we searched out the third stone circle to complete the triangle to yes. complete the pyramid. That one is truly in the middle of cow pastures. It's in the middle of six plots of land. Wow. And you know, every stone circle in Ireland is supposed to be, if it has a stone circle, you have to allow access to the public. To yeah, you have to by circle. law, by law in Ireland. By law. Uh-huh. This stone circle and every plot of land around it, it's an, it's a, there's a plot of land, like a rectangle, mm-hmm. and there's plots all the way around it. Every single plot was lined with an electric fence with no, oh way, with no way to get in. Whoa. So I got electrified a lot. I mean, <laughs> a lot. Oh my God. But we figured out ways to get over them or climb under them. But we got electrocuted a lot because you look on the map on like Google maps and you see the stone circle, but you can't figure out how to access it. So you have to walk through all these people's farms, all these cows Uh to try to figure out which one is going to have some sort of rock or mound that's going to allow you to jump over the fence. Right, right. Oh my God. It was insane. It took us hours and wow. hours going to every single farm around the stone. Oh my God. Finally jump over. We got there right after the sunset. So wow. it, was, it was twilight, but we found the third one. Wow. It was exhausting, but completely worth it. So I, I will wait to go there. Oh my God. I will share it with you. <laughs> I will share it with you more the next time you go, because now I know how to get there. Now I know the exact farms you have to walk through. You Uh have to walk by people's barns. You pass, Uh you pass the cows, you pass the bulls, you pass the horses. Um, (laughs) You know, you really hope you're not running into the homeowners, Um, but you get there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a wonderful monument called the Ogham Stone which is on the Bira Peninsula. And it's a very male spire that's been there for 4,000 years. And it too is in a farmer's back pasture. And every time I've gone there, we've had, we, they're, they're nice. They, they don't really want you good to go back there, but at least they wave and, you know, but it's such a powerful place. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. You were asking a little bit about what other places in Ireland, other than the stone circles, were powerful. And I would really recommend the Ogham Stone 
and the Hag of Vera. The Hag of Vera is a stone way out on the Vera Peninsula near the town of Eries, which represents a goddess, an ancient Irish goddess. And it's just kind of a hunk of stone. But the most interesting thing is that people, the local people still leave offerings. You'll go there and it's covered with Euro notes. It's covered with flowers or food offerings because that was the goddess of that place. And she's still very powerful. Is it, is it a stone? Yes, it's called the Hag of Vera. Okay. B-E-A-R-A. So if you, you can Google it, you can, it's easily found. It's really just a big rock that is on a peninsula overlooking the ocean. But the, the energy there is magical and very, very powerful. It's actually close to the Ogham Stone, which is a spire. Yeah. And I would actually say the Hag of Vera is the feminine energy and the Ogham Stone is the masculine energy. And they, they're on the same peninsula and it's like they balance each other. That makes sense. And that's what I noticed last time I was there was a lot of these are set up to balance each other. Like exactly. Three I travel to in a triangle and then, oh, I always forget the name of the town. It, it, it's near... It's the town that I usually like to stay at when I go out to Glendal, not, not Glendalock, that's a different area, but the first stone circle you talked about. Ross Carberry, that's the town that's near Drombag. Um, the town that's near Yurok is called Kenmare. Yeah, Kenmare. It's called Kenmare. So when I was in Kenmare, I went to some of the stone circles that are surrounding that water inlet. Right. And I felt like that's where I realized a lot of the stone circles were really set up there for the season. So it made me think that there had to ultimately be four stone circles there for the four seasons all around that peninsula. That makes sense. Because I just, yeah, I just, it was just so interesting when you're out there to see how many there are. There's so many. There's so many. And also, I wondered at some point, like, because I work with a lot of dying people, <laughs> just part of my job. And our dying experience is not very sacred. And I wondered what it would be like if people either giving birth or dying went to a stone circle and were in that energy supported by their community as the wow. souls came in or left. I think it would, you know, it's, it's a level of wisdom I don't believe we have in our society. Can you imagine giving birth yeah. to a baby? At exactly. a circle outside yeah. in nature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Well, once I realized that the portal stones are really portals to other dimensions, I thought, you know, the ancient priests or the druids, why not? It's it's a place between the worlds where people can access the worlds much more easily. Have you been to the spot in Ireland as you're driving towards the West Coast? That's Scotia's grave. She was the Egyptian princess that had moved to Ireland. I've and heard of it, but I haven't been there. That is incredible energy. Really? Um, you walk. So you notice your, you notice the road to go because you'll see an Egyptian obelisk on the side of the road. Oh, it's not my. that big. Uh-huh. The obelisk was gifted to Ireland from Egypt. In honor wow. of the Egyptian princess who was buried there. Oh my gosh. And so you turn where you see the obelisk. That's that's like the only signage. Wow. And you go up the road. And then yeah. at some point you park and you walk down a hill, a uh-huh. very steep hill. Right. There's not really a trail. And then when you get down the hill, it's this beautiful little stream. And 
it's as if fairies have controlled the layout of this area. You know, you have the stream coming through with moss mm-hmm. and ferns, and then you have all these trees growing like this, you know, wow. curved, um, growing over the stream, uh-huh. like out of a fairy tale. Oh my God. And you follow the stream in these perfectly growing trees and ferns and moss mm-hmm. and then you get to an opening that are four stone sitting stones four stones that you can sit on and then an offering stone right in the middle oh and that's apparently where she was buried and she apparently had moved to Ireland um, because her father was one of the pharaohs and he felt like his rule was being um, threatened and he was concerned for the safety of his children. Uh-huh. So he sent his children out in different parts of the world. And one of his, one of his daughters oh. he sent north to Ireland. Um, and when she arrived, you know, she arrived with all this gold, all this money, um, a huge set of staff that she was very much treated like a goddess there. Um, how amazing what a story yeah that's it's a really interesting place to look into and I thought it was a very magical powerful place that's very magical my god and unexpected yeah I'll definitely go there when I was in Ireland in 1995 I went up to Sligo Mm -hmm. and uh right by the lake that W.B. Yeats talks about Innisfree um, there was a fairy uh, well. And in those, in 1995, it was still marked fairy well. <laughs> and it was the traditional well where they felt the fairies were. And going into that grove of trees by the little stream in the well was so magical. So yeah. when I took my group back there um, in 2018, I was like, we got to go to the fairy well because it had such energy. So I, I looked and looked and looked and I, I found the same place, but it had been all paved over. And now it was a Catholic shrine to the Virgin Mary. And I certainly have great respect for the Catholic Church. Don't get me wrong. But the energy of the place went from like a 10 plus to at least neutral or negative. It just shot down. And again, uh, you know, my stepfather was Catholic, so I, I have great love for the Catholic Church. But when you go to a place and you're praying in terms of desperation, you know, begging, like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, help me, help me, help me. It has a certain energy. It tends to be sort of a negative energy. If you go to a stone circle and you're bringing life, you're bringing chi, you're, bring, you're saying, you know, let, let this abundance come, let's flow with energy. It's a whole different energy. And I think Hopefully, as we get into these next few years, people will just get much more aware of the energy that they're flowing through themselves, because it really has an effect. I like that thought, because I've been to sacred places all over the world, and some of them are um, more religious, and there's usually, you know, water involved, because someone saw the Virgin Mary. Right. Um, And then, but, and, and sometimes people leave offerings there, and sometimes they don't. Right. Um, but I did notice at the stone circles that I went to, people leave offerings there, money, gifts, yes, candles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then whenever there's that specific fairy tree, they leave something there for the fae. They leave blueberries, candy, little ribbons, candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so if I think about the energy that I want to collect and absorb, I'd rather collect the energy of 
from a place where people find joy. Exactly. People have come because they're desperate and sad. Yes. Yes. Not that we all don't have those moments when we're desperate and sad, but it's really joy and happiness that runs the machine. That's our body. And it's really joy and happiness that runs the machine. That's our earth. I think. I think so too. And that sounds so nice. I think I need to pull more of that out of the ground for me. Yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) So why do you think these sacred places enhance our life if we choose to look at them that way? Well, going back to the analogy about the battery, I think they used to be used very specifically to recharge people, to connect them with their chi, to balance their chi you know, whatever, however they would call it. I mean, in ancient Greece, there were sacred groves of trees that were pronounced to be sacred. Nobody could cut down a tree because it was believed that the gods lived there. And if you went there, you could connect more, more clearly with them. I had a friend who went to the Acropolis, like in a summer's day with all these howling tourists. And she said the energy was so strong, she nearly, and it really nearly knocked her over. Wow. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things where we just have to be sensitive to them. But we also have to be very aware, are we being drained of energy or are we being replenished? Are we even being filled and to overflowing? That's how I think we should approach any place that we're in. And the sacred places most especially I think are designed to fill our energy to overflowing. So it's interesting you say that because I I travel a lot and as a family, we travel a lot. So um, I do big vacations with my parents and my brother about once a year. Mm -hmm. And it's something we all really enjoy doing together. Uh, But everyone in my family now knows that if we go to someplace that has a very famous graveyard, um, mm-hmm. I won't go. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's an activity that they'll attend. I can't attend. So right. when, when we went to Cuba, that was the last time I went to a very famous cemetery where people go because the architecture is so incredible and they're right. so it's beautiful, beautiful. Uh-huh. beautiful. but it, it, it sucks me dry mm-hmm. and I take people home with me. Yeah. <laughs> life out of me. Yeah. I have to go to somebody like you um, <laughs> to shake them all off. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So last time I was in Argentina um, in Buenos Aires, they have a very, very famous cemetery as well with incredible architecture, but also with a lot of incredible f- famous people who are buried there. And my family went and did the private tour and I went to crystal shops. Good so, idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go the opposite direction and we will meet for lunch. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But just because I had recognized through my whole life of going to cemeteries and graveyards with my family all over the world, it's just not something I can do anymore because I'll literally be in bed for days because it'll have sucked the life out of me. Yeah, yeah. You have to be very protected if you go to those places because Really, as you get more into the energy world, energy is energy. It's very real. And the more we pay attention to it, the more we can keep our own energy up, our own health up, even just our own mental clarity up, Mm -hmm. which I think is very, very important. Our perceptions. And I think one of the most important parts of all these sacred places was people always felt that that's where they could connect to the gods. They could connect to spirit. They could connect to angels. Whatever we feel is our otherworldly 
um, being that will communicate to us and give us wisdom, which I believe in myself. So it's a vibration. It gets to be a higher vibration where you can almost jump into it and have a stronger communication. I think that's very important for people. Yeah. And I like going to those places just because I think it's easier to have a better, to have better communication with yourself. To that's be able true. To tap in and hear your own voice or your higher self more clearly. Exactly. The noise that we experience, you know, in our day-to-day life. life. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. So do you, I, you have a trip planned in Ireland in June. Is that correct? That's correct. It's going to be June or July. We're planning on June. And of course, everything is still dependent somewhat on COVID. But fingers crossed, COVID will be fairly much gone by then. So we'll be free to travel in June. And yes, I am going to West Cork, starting the trip in the Cork Airport, going first to Kinsale, and then to Ross Carberry, where you went to the Drumbeg Circle. And then on up to Yurok, which is the other stone circle we talked about. So that is definitely where our group will be going. Perfect. So are you planning to go to any sites you haven't gone before? Or are you just going to be revisiting places where you really know the energy well? I'll probably be revisiting places. But now that you've told me two more places to go, I'll probably go there. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. And if you find any new places during your travels that pop up, let me know. I certainly will. I'm always looking for new places. Um, have you ever been to, is it the Rock of Tara or Tara? The Hill of Tara. I yes. have been there. I have. Been. In fact, I took my whole group there in 2015. That was a little different because bear in mind, we've been traveling. It was our last stop. We've been all through Ireland for almost two weeks to all these different stone circles, varying results. Some seemed very powerful. Some we felt we had to replenish with light, with energy. We got to the Hill of Tara and most people found it to be kind of dark. I think there'd been a lot of battles there, a lot of hardship for the Irish people. So we spent most of our time sending light to that area, putting light into the ground, trying to revive it and clear it. And it was probably the first time I ever realized that a lot of history It sounds silly, but a lot of history goes into the ground. Mm -hmm. And just to the same way that we have to clear our own chakras and do ancestral healing on our own bodies, there's a little bit of ancestral healing to be done in, in countries too and in land. And the more we can just bring light and consciousness, especially to areas that have had a lot of troubles or turmoil, the more we're able to clean that land out. Absolutely. And to think that we grow our food in that land and then eat it you know, and how that's circulating within us. So if we're growing food, like let's say back when I lived in Washington, DC, the best apples I've ever had in my life, ever had in my life. I didn't know apples could be this good. Yeah. Grew around Gettysburg. The farm, the best the two best apple vendors at the DuPont Circle Farmers Market. Yeah. Both of their farms were near Gettysburg. That's amazing. And so then you think about what emotional turmoil is in that soil. Yeah. That then is going into the apple trees that's in producing this fruit that yeah. we're then eating. Like, what is that circulating? I don't even know. But 
It makes or, or the amount of prayers, the amount of people going to God, the trauma that brought people to God. It could be seen from that side too. I don't know. That's amazing. Though. What a story. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, you know, and people still obviously go to Gettysburg to this day um, and pay their respects. Yes, of course. You know, so, um, and when you go to Gettysburg, uh, you're, if you want to go and see different places, they kind of, you're kind of forced to drive in a circle. So you're kind of building the spiral energy. How interesting. Yeah. That's how they have it set up. That's weird. Kind of drive and you can kind of drive in either direction, but it's a circle. And so you're, you're building some sort of energy up while you're <laughs> going around, um, going around Gettysburg. It's very interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, there's other people too, that are really working on the earth's energy. A lot of um, new age practitioners have been deliberately putting light into the ground or trying to shift the vortexes to become more powerful. One of one person is Drunvalo Melchizedek, who's written books about his travels around the earth, trying to restore these energy centers. He wrote a book called Serpent of Life, of Light, I think. Um, then another person is Bratso, the Croatian um, gazer who tries to transmit energy just through his eyes. He has done several trips. He went to Kauai to, to revive all the heiaus, all the sacred spots on Kauai. He's gone to other parts of the world for the same reason, just to put energy into the ground. So I think it's kind of a growing movement. It is. Is that what dowsing is? Dowsing is slightly different. Dowsing is a psychic person who uses a stick or else just their psychic ability to walk over the land and to find out where you can um, drill a well for water. So oh, how to right. find water. And in, of course, olden days when water, people had to dig wells for water, it was a very important, you know, quality to be able to, to know where to dig for water. But that was their skill, and it was all done psychically. Now, of course, we take water for granted, but I'm sure there's going to come a time when water is going to become, again, scarce, and yeah. we are going to have to pay a lot of attention to the sacredness of water. That's amazing that throughout history where there's been this big, I mean, thousands of years where it's all about religion, and if you show any sort of other type of spiritual skills or interest. Um, you could essentially be killed, thrown in jail, killed, or yeah. sick. Um, that, but yet it was still allowed for you to have the skill of dousing. Yes. Water. That yes. is fascinating. It is. I mean, I come from Indiana on a farm and dousers have been in farm country. I don't, I think uninterrupted for generations because it's hard to find water. <laughs> Even That's with all the modern technology, it's hard. That's amazing. I know. It's crazy, huh? It, it's, it blows my mind because I have seen interviews with people who are dowsers and, and they're much, much older, like in the living in, in the Cotswolds in England, yes, um, yes, all different parts of Europe, and mm -hmm. they're training the next generation. Yes, um, but they're doing it to find the ley lines and restore the energy lines from Europe that lead back to Egypt. Have you heard about this? Yeah, that's very, very important. I think Prince Charles in England was one of the first people 
to start talking about that. And everybody thought he was kind of crazy, but the ley lines are very much those energy lines, the portals, just like the, the meridians in our physical body. So it's very important. A lot of energy healers go to those parts of the ley lines to activate them so that again, the land can become so much more healthier and connect to these big energy sources. Yeah. It makes you rethink why England is known for having such beautiful gardens. You know? Yes. Yes. Maybe that speaks to the other people that have been working so, so frequently on restoring the energy lines in that area. It's very true. It's very yeah. true. And think of the kahunas in Hawaii who have stayed on passing down their traditions and kept putting energy into the land. Hopefully they're still doing it, but, but a place, a physical place like Hawaii can be so transformed if people pay attention to the energy and keep, just keep the energy up. Have you, have you found a map that shows the energy lines in the United States? No, I never have. Have you ever done astrocartography? astrocartography sorry no (laughs) so i'm just but i do know some people and thank god they're on the case are really working on that because i think it's so important yeah that's kind of the next next thing i'd like to learn more about is being able to find the energy lines uh, obviously in california and in the west i'm just very curious Uh, but it seems like that information is very hard to track down Yeah, that's fascinating. I know uh, I've been to Australia a few times and the Aborigines, of course, had a very clear idea of where the energy lines were all through the outback. And of course, their sacred spot, Uluru, which we call Ayers Rock, is a very, very powerful center. But, But I was able to talk with some Aborigines in Australia and they said the tradition has been handed down through generations to where they even know how to walk along the ley lines through inner Australia. They've really kept that wisdom and that tradition, but they also haven't shared it. Yeah. Because it's, it is sacred knowledge. And when we think of sacred knowledge, it's the idea that we do keep the earth sacred. There's, there are people out there that are really working to keep the land sacred, the water sacred, um, human life sacred, and it, it does need to be preserved. Absolutely. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. It just kind of flew by. I know uh, it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can people learn more about you, Abby, and your retreats to Ireland? My website is called Nova Lightwork. That's N-O-V-A-L-I-G-H-T-W-O-R-K.com. So that's NovaLightwork.com. And I usually list all my retreats there. I also do classes on Zoom where I'm teaching people just to feel the energy in their bodies and learn how to maintain the energy in their bodies. And you can find the link there for my Zoom classes. Well, thank you so much. And if you, before we wrap things up, um, can you leave our listeners with maybe one healthy tip they can consider adding into their life to improve their well-being? Sure. I think all of us, you know, we have an instinct to take a walk or go out in nature, walk by the ocean, Uh, you know, walk through a field. And we don't really think much about it, except we want to relax, we want to walk our dog, or something like that. But I think we have to realize that there's something a little bit higher in place there, where we really are connecting with a higher energy that's, that's in nature, we're connecting with beauty, maybe we're going to a certain space, 
that feels more sacred to us or more beautiful. And we can't forget that it really recharges us. It recharges us in a real way. It's not just, oh, I feel better. I like to walk around the lake. Sort of like all I would say is just take it a little bit more seriously and understand it's just a really important part of our health. That's lovely. Well, I hope I can take a walk one of these days in Ireland with you. And Me too. Those ley lines. It'd Me too. Nice. And hop over those electric fences. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I wish you the best. I will show you, I think, the easiest way, but hopefully nothing will have changed by the time you get there. I look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.